Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Ladies and gentlemen of Bridgerton, it is high tea time. Would you like some crumpets with your tea? Um, pull up a cup, babe. All right? Because the kettle is on and popping. The water is boiling. We're ready to spill. There will be no sugar with this tea, though. It's not that kind of tea. It's not sweet tea hour. Sorry. But I do think that this episode will be helpful to you because it'll give you an inside look into a manager's perspective on brand collaborations and also hopefully inform you of the type of relationship that you maybe might like to have with your manager because um, they vary. You know, that's why I do tell you guys and like the episodes that we cover management on and also in my free ebook on how to find the best manager for you to interview several different agencies because ultimately the one you pick is going to be based on attitude and not necessarily on how much money they made for people and what kind of people they work with. It's more so what kind of people are my managers and that will inform, you know, the type of relationship you have with them. Anyways, let's get into this episode because uh, like I said, it is, it's tea time, my love. So I have a very unique experience as a talent manager when liaising between creators and brands because I have a bird's eye view of the entire collaboration unfolding from both the creator and the brand side. Like it, it literally feels like I have one foot in the brand's corner and one foot in the creator's corner. Of course, the creator is my client, right? So for me, it's very important to like service the creator, make sure they're satisfied, make sure they're having a great experience. They are my priority. The brand, yes, is paying my talent and ultimately my commission, but you know, I'm servicing the talent, okay? So it's very important for me to have a very honest and open relationship with the influencers that I'm representing. You know, if you are my client, you know this, you have my personal phone number. We are very much work besties. Like, I want this to feel like a very candid, transparent, open, and honest relationship. Um, Not like a weird boss, employee, hierarchy thing. Like, we are a team, you know? And it's just easier, I think, that when you make yourself feel like somebody's work bestie, they're more likely to open up to you and and talk to you about things that they're going through, whether that be in their personal life and their mental health or also their honest and true feedback about a brand that they're working with. Um, and you may know that from having an experience like working nine to fives, you're more likely to open up with like your one of your colleagues that you trust and is kind of a friend to you than somebody like a boss or, you know, somebody that you see as like a I don't know, some weird authority, which by the way, like your manager should never make you feel like they're their, they're your boss and you hired them. They're an extension of your team. So this is not <laughs> a boss employee relationship by any means. But anyways, so 
basically what I'm saying is my client is my priority. It's important for me to have a personal, not just professional relationship with you. Um, and I was speaking with uh, a former client of mine who is now a good friend. And, you know, like I said, each of my clients have my personal phone number. So in the event that you do decide to not renew your contract or self-manage, or maybe you don't want to do this influencing thing anymore, whatever, you know, personal decision that you decide to make, um, you still have the opportunity to like text me memes and songs and like, you know, funny TikTok videos. And I love that. I really do. Um, so a former client of mine and I follow a influencer marketing professional that we actually work with, um, worked with through, um, a, really big beauty client. So this person was representing the brand. Um, we did not have direct access to the brand. We only had access to this kind of third party agency, um, mar- influencer marketing agency that was hiring influencers for this, these campaigns. And so when I took on this talent client, um, she had already negotiated the contract. So the rates were already solidified. The contract terms were solidified prior to me being onboarded on onto this campaign and and essentially now taking over the campaign cycle management of it. So when I saw the contract, it really just like made my eyes bleed because the terms were absolutely unfavorable to the creator on all accounts. This is pretty standard, which is why negotiation is incredibly important. You need to be advocating for yourself. Brands are not going to do that for you, point blank, period. If you have, obviously, a manager, you only have that manager once you have extensive experience pitching and negotiating for yourself and advocating for yourself. And your manager's job is to advocate as much as possible for you because, once again, they are representing you. You are their client, not the brand, hopefully. (laughs) I don't know. That's how it works for us. So... The contract just, yeah, there was no, like, there was no kill fee, for example. There was no reshoot fee, no rush fee, no anything. And essentially, there was, the point of the contract was that they could ask for endless amounts of reshoots. They could also terminate the contract for any reason and not have any obligation to pay the creator by means of, oh, well, you didn't meet the brief, so we don't need to compensate you. And I think that's absolutely in- incredibly unethical. Um So that's usually something that, you know, is immediately red flagged. So I was onboarded onto this project several months already after it had begun, which is a little unusual because why is this taking so long already? And my client was like, listen, they haven't paid me. I don't know what's going on. Can you please like step in. I really, I don't think I can really do this on my own anymore. I've done everything I can. I've exhausted every option. I don't know what I'm missing. Months later, we're still not getting any communication about payment. In fact, we're still getting communication about, oh, this needs to be reshot. This needs to be edited. This needs to be fixed. The text needs to be redone, blah, 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 blah. Constant, constant edits. Um, I do, I'm not one of those managers that's like rude or disrespectful, but I am like, when it, after a certain point, you're pushing every single button, like I'm going to step in and be like, hey, listen, like this is now getting a little bit excessive. You know, I want to respect your timeline, but also my client and their efforts as well. And at this point, she still hasn't been compensated and we're not really certain as to why. We're really just trying to wrap this up for everyone involved and make this as smooth of an experience as possible for all parties. And 
because I recognize that they're, you know, they're the ones paying, right? So you kind of have to be respectful to them. So we were awaiting communication. I mean, it would probably be days at times a week to actually get a response from this agency, which is incredibly unusual if you're listening to this and you don't have a manager um, or don't have experience working with a manager. Usually managers are able to garner a response way faster from a brand or from an influencer marketing agency than a creator is. And the reason being is, as you know, brands and, and agencies the average brand and agency doesn't really respect creators. They recognize that they need them for their influencer marketing strategies and that influencers like you are very successful in terms of helping them achieve their marketing objectives. But at the same time, they're not willing to like respect your terms and, and even communicate with you, but want you to respond immediately to their inquiries. It's just, it's just unfair. So Managers are typically able to garner a response a lot quicker. Now, the interesting part here is that that was not the case here. I would at times be following up several times a week before actually getting a response from this agency. Here's the interesting part, okay? All of this, nightmare experience, right? Definitely took note, not interested in working with this company again. Probably wouldn't recommend it to any of the brands I have connections with, etc. Like, don't hire this agency. Don't seem like things are really efficient or they, that they are prioritizing kind of client experiences on, on both sides. Um, but the interesting part of this is that my client turned friend (laughs) and I follow the owner of this influencer marketing agency on TikTok. So we see her videos and things like that. And I had a very kind of weird gut feeling about kind of the tone of these videos and just the perspective that was being given. But I didn't want to say anything because I thought maybe it was just me, to be honest. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut. And then I received videos, these same videos that gave me the strangest gut feeling, like mean girl energy vibes off of this person. I received these videos from my client saying, this is a little strange. I don't really love the tone of this. I don't really love how like influencers are being attacked. And that's exactly how I would describe the entire like content strategy and positioning of this influencer marketing agency owner who is hiring influencers on behalf of brands. So you're admitting that you need them, but your content is very much attacking the creator. For example, saying things like, oh, you know, I hate working with influencers who will sign a contract and agree to provide whitelisting services, but then turns out they don't even know what whitelisting means. And it's like, I understand from a brand's perspective that can be frustrating, but let's dial back a little bit. What kind of resources and knowledge and education do influencers have access to? Uh, not much. Okay. If you cut out all the people that, you know, are, not experts in this industry whose only case study is, well, it worked for me and they have never worked within a brand. They're not advertising or marketing professionals. They've never worked in PR. They have never been on the brand side of this conversation and yet they're teaching how to work with brands to other influencers, ultimately delaying their progress. Um, then yeah, they wouldn't maybe know the true meaning of whitelisting and how that works from a brand side. And therefore influencers that are either learning from these types of people or don't have access to this type of knowledge due to, you know, not everybody has like $10,000 for some random coaching program (laughs) or, 
maybe you don't even know where to look. Maybe you're just starting out and you have no idea that this is a thing that is required of you to know. I don't think blaming the influencer solely is a smart idea because part of our jobs as advertising and marketing professionals, myself included, is to educate and to teach and to be empathetic and understanding that not everybody knows what you know. This is a small industry for a reason because it's very much like gaslight gatekeep girl boss and when you continue to perpetuate that online and not want to provide a solution, you just want to bitch and complain without helping out, then that doesn't make the industry any stronger. It doesn't help the influencer, which is ultimately what you are trying to do through that video, right? You want them to learn what whitelisting is, I guess is the point. And yet you're not providing them information on how to find that info and define that for themselves. So it's just not helpful. Um, and pretty much all of the, uh, the entire content strategy of this person is that. So it's all types of different complaints about influencers and how, you know, they're not communicating or they're not doing this and they're not doing that and they don't know this and they don't know that without providing any knowledge or solutions or help. And it was a very eye-opening experience for me because, like I said, we had this very terrible experience working with them more intimately on an actual collaboration. Um, the payment terms were whack. The communication style was just not there. And then, you know, everything kind of starts clicking when you start seeing the CEO, which is like where all of this trickles down from, not show actually showing utmost disrespect very openly towards the creators that she's hiring and paying and investing into their services on behalf of brands. So I want to make you very aware of the fact that, you know, be very conscious of how people represent themselves from the influencer marketing industry online, especially people that represent brands especially talent managers, you know, because you want to align with a manager that is somebody that you would actually want to work with. You hire a talent manager or you onboard a talent manager because ultimately of their personality, right? It may be great that somebody's bringing in like a million dollars a year for their clients or they're working with like celebrities. Okay, that's wonderful. But if they're not a nice person, they're rude, they're unprofessional, then that can cost you literally Okay, because brands might not want to work with that person or you might not want to work with that person. And then on the flip side, you know, brand professionals sharing online content, whether they have a podcast or a TikTok or they're posting reels and they're saying things like this where they're they're just bitching about the creators that they're putting in money into. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Then maybe that's somebody that you might have to avoid and cool. They work with one of the biggest beauty clients in the world. That's awesome. But it doesn't really seem that they're interested in your services as a creator and respecting you as a professional. Then it seems like you might have to pass on that and either figure out a way to contact that client directly without the influencer management, without the influencer marketing agency's involvement, or just like skip that client altogether. If that means that you have to involve yourself in in working with with somebody who doesn't even care about respecting you and is very openly dissing you as a professional on the internet. So it's a very interesting um, experience to have. And hopefully this episode not only gave you some little, a little tea, but also 
showed you how important it is to choose people based on their attitude. And and that's ultimately what can make you as an influencer also successful, both from a knowledge standpoint and also financially. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.